0: Good afternoon, Rob Porter on 970 WDAY and 93.1 FM. I can't get it out. We uh, got a good show today. It's going to be open phones for the entire show. And I want to talk a little bit about free speech, the First Amendment. Pretty important stuff, wouldn't you say, Natil?
1: Absolutely, especially for people in our business.
0: Especially, yeah. Some of us make a pretty good living out of exercising our First Amendment rights uh and you know it's it's important but but i wanted to i wanted to propose something to the audience and and obviously charlottesville has been on our mind uh it has touched here at home in the fargo Moorhead region north dakota minnesota region south dakota region uh with with a gentleman uh, by the name of Pete teft who i'm i'm actually working on maybe getting on the show later in the program uh or later this week um i i guess you know we'll see there's a lot going on with that but he was at you know he was at the um I don't even want to call it a protest, like the the goings on, <laughs> I guess, in Charlottesville, Virginia. Um, and I, I I think there's a lot of ways, you know, you you have the whole thing going on with Google and the employee there who wrote uh, a memo and about diversity efforts at at the company and their status on ideological diversity and got fired for it. You know, I I think there's a lot of examples for this, and and so my The discussion point that I want to spend this hour talking about, um, the thesis for this episode of the show, is this. We, the people, are a bigger threat to free speech than the government is. In, in, In America, in 2017, the masses, the people, are a bigger threat to free speech than the government. That's my thesis. That's what I want to discuss. I want to hear from you. 701 293 9329 You may be wondering to yourself, how can that be? Right? I mean, because that's, that's, that's what the Constitution is all about, is protecting the people from the government. I mean, that's why the First Amendment is formulated the way it is. It says Congress shall create no law abridging, among other things, freedom of speech. Congress, the government. Basically saying the government cannot make a law restricting speech. The 14th Amendment incorporated the Bill of Rights into the states, so the states can't make, the state governments, the local governments, can't make laws abridging your freedom of speech either. The Constitution protects us from tyrannical laws instituted by the government, tyrannical policies instituted by the government to suppress speech. That's the First Amendment. Now, the problem, though, is that a lot of the the speech suppression that's taking place today is not happening as a result of the government. It's not coming from the government. It's not Congress passing laws. It's not local governments uh, instituting policy. A lot of it's coming from each other. Private citizens, private organizations, private businesses acting to silence people. And so that's that's my point. We the people are a bigger threat collectively to free speech than the government is. I want to hear what you think? Seven zero one two nine three nine thousand eight 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 nine seven zero nine three two nine. Email talk at WDAY.com. This is it's it's interesting because what, one of the great works um, in, in in American literature pertaining to censorship is Fahrenheit four fifty one by Ray Bradbury. Very important piece of literature. Uh, if you haven't read it, you should. I think the false assumption a lot of people make about that book is that it's talking about government censorship, and it's really not. Fahrenheit 451 is about censorship. It's it's about the public at large being upset about ideas, music, books, whatever, that that upset them. And I think that's where we're at in America today. America today is 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 a world where we are probably exposed to more ideas, more media, more more speech, more expression than ever before. I mean, you think about all the music you have available to you, all the opinions you have available to you on television, on radio, on the internet, in newspapers. There's more of it than ever before. And yet the reaction to that from the public at large Increasingly, is is to try to silence it. Now, I'm thinking about the situation over in Charlottesville as an example. One of the one of the side effects of that has been for people to try to identify the people who are at the mar- at the march and single them out. Right. So, if you were at if you were in Charlottesville marching, what they are doing is they are posting pictures of you online, trying to identify you, and that's certainly what happened to. Pete Teft, who was a a self-described white nationalist whose politics I find uh, repugnant. But I, you know, he has a First Amendment right, right to go to a rally, and I don't necessarily think that he should be harassed, and yet that's what seems to be happening. Jennifer Lawrence, now I'm reading this from the New York Daily News. Jennifer Lawrence, the actress, very famous, very talented woman. She's posting on her Facebook page pictures of people from the Charlottesville rally and asking people to to identify them, to identify them, basically call them out, shame them publicly. Now the problem with this is that this sort of internet vigilantism, first of all, can hit innocent people. Now one thing that we've heard with the Pete Teff situation locally is that some members of his family, people who don't embrace his politics, don't embrace his views, are being harassed. Simply because they're associated with him. Also, we've seen, and the New York Times had an article about this. There was a gentleman from Arkansas who was singled out by the internet as one of the attendees at the rally. He didn't attend the rally, and yet he has been subjected to thousands and thousands of messages from the internet. People trying to disrupt his life, trying to get him fired. But he was falsely identified. And I have I, I have a problem with people doing this in the first place. Even though even 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 the, the people who are legitimately Nazis, who are legitimately at the race and are wearing swastikas or waving Confederate flags or whatever, I'm not sure that even those people deserve to be doxed or or whatever it is you're calling. There's this Twitter account. Uh, what's it called? It's called Yes, You're Racist. You know that that's what they're doing. This is it. I see in that a threat to free speech in America. Because here's here's the thing. We don't have the First Amendment. We don't per- aspire to the ideal of free speech, which to me goes beyond even the legal realities of the First Amendment. To me, the, the, the spirit of free expression is even larger. Right, It's something we all spot. It may not be technically illegal for you to silence a given type of speech or to intimidate a certain speaker. You may not specifically be breaking a law, but you are still not embracing the spirit of free speech by doing that. And so we embrace the spirit of free speech in this country, and the reason why we do it, the justification for it, is not so that we can sit around and say inoffensive things about the weather. It's not so we can sit around and talk about baseball and football and all the things that are fun to talk about and that we talk about every day, but aren't offensive and aren't provocative. No, we need the First Amendment to protect speech that makes people angry. We need the First Amendment to protect speech that is provocative, that is controversial. Right? That's the only need for the First Amendment. Because if we're talking about speech that doesn't make anybody mad, you don't need the First Amendment. But if we're gonna, if we're gonna set up a society where speaking out on Facebook or Twitter or attending a rally might end up getting you doxed, might end up getting you harassed, do we have free speech? That's my question for you. 701-293-9000, 888 9329 email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be back right after this. This is The Rob Report. Don't go away. Here comes
2: China singing over.
0: Welcome back Robert Ford on 970WDAY 888-970-9329, email talk at wday.com We're talking about the um, the free speech issue and the state of free speech in 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 America and listen I here's 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 the situation so we have not only the First Amendment, but all sorts of other laws and all sorts of jurisprudence which stop limits what the government could do pretty severely in terms of regulating what you and I say, regulating or prohibiting it. Generally, you and I are allowed to say what we want to say. We even have, even in the civil courts, where you have a private person suing another private person, there are some very, very high standards to get over before you could ever prohibit somebody's speech, right? I mean, they would have to be, you know, there's libel and slander, but a lot of times those cases are very, very, very tough to prove. So that's that's where we are traditionally. Now, the problem is in the modern era, we have social media. And I think that social media has ushered in an age of of populism, like one that we've never seen before, and and populism, I, I think a lot of people view it as a as a positive thing. A lot of people view it because you know in in America we have this this very long tradition of of you know trusting in the people, right? We the people, democracy, um, self governance; th- those are very American things. Those are things that we embrace here for good reason. Um, but it's worth pointing out that, that the way we we established. That sort of self-governance was not populism, right? We established basically forms of democratic government. We didn't even count the popular vote, the national popular vote, until, like, Andrew Jackson. Um, You know, we we are not a populist country, but social media has made us more populist because it allows – you know, everybody to, to, to sort of weigh in, and, and and that's that's a good thing. I I am for communication. I am for discussion. I am for all of those things, but the side effect is that it allows the hoi polloi, so to say, to have more power to, to sort of silence one another, to harass one another, to intimidate one another than they ever had before. I think that you could argue that the framers of the Constitution... when they wrote the First Amendment, wrote it in the context of restraining the government because they, they never, I, I, I don't think, could, could imagine a future where the masses would have this, this power to silence one another, right? So here we are in 2017 where, you know, you can, if you get a hashtag going or, or you get something viral going, you, you could start these campaigns on the Internet and hurt people hurt real people and there's all sorts of examples with this there's the Charlottesville's example I would even go back uh, not so long ago to the situation in the Fargo Walmart parking lot where you had a screaming match between a white woman uh, and some Somali women uh, where you know both sides were saying some pretty ugly things but the white woman in particular was shouting death threats and telling the uh, that the Somali women to go home I mean ugly ugly stuff now that was a bad situation but the result was she ended up getting fired from her job, and I don't know. Do we know? Did she ever get rehired, Nathalie? Do we know that? I mean, I I, think,
1: I I don't know.
0: I don't know that we ever had any. Fi- I know she was fired, and then there was, there was a there was some question about whether or not she might get rehired. I because one of the refugee or, or excuse me, the Somali women were uh, was going to ask for her to get her job back. I I don't know that we know that, but we know for the very least she was fired. So because this woman had. An ugly moment in a parking lot and said some things I am certain now that she regrets. She lost her job. Now, is that right? Should should what you say, if you get caught saying or doing something stupid in a video and it gets plastered on the Internet, should that be able to derail your life? Should your life be defined by that moment? Because I'm afraid that's what we're doing with social media is, is we are creating a situation where if you speak out, if you say provocative things, you run the risk. You run the risk of being targeted like that. And so what, what does that say to the status of free speech? If, if, you, if you are controversial on social media and you get singled out and people start attacking your job. We certainly saw this during the Dakota Access Pipeline protests. That was a big tactic. Unfortunately, on both sides, where people taking a stand on one side or the other of the pipeline were being targeted, and people were trying to contact uh, their employers and get them fired. In a few instances, it worked. So do we have free speech in America when that sort of thing can happen? Something to think about. 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329, email talk at WDAY.com. A couple of emails, uh, Ethan says... um, You're exactly right. YouTube demonetizing right-leaning political talk channels is one example of this, the example that affects me the most. And by right-leaning, to them, Mike McFeely and Heidi Heitkamp, I butchered her name, uh, would be considered right-leaning. Yeah, I don't don't know specifically a lot about YouTube, but I I think if you look at the Google situation – where one of their employees writes a memo, and it was reported everywhere as this anti-diversity screed. But if you actually read the thing, I'm not sure I agree with every argument that he makes, but it wasn't anti-diversity. He was putting out a position. He was saying that Google has some problems with intellectual diversity, ideological diversity. And yeah, they control a lot, like YouTube monetization, because you know what? YouTube is Google. I'll get to some more of these emails right after this. Going to take another break. This is the Rob Report on 970 WDAY AM and 93.1 FM. Join in. Do we have free speech in America right now? 701-293-9000, 888-970-9329. We'll be right back. Don't go away. Welcome back, Rob. Report 970 WDAY-AM, 93.1 FM. We're talking about the First Amendment and, and the status of the First Amendment in the digital age. And we're hearing a lot of stuff right now in the context of Charlottesville, in the context of a lot of other things that have happened that, quote-unquote, hate speech isn't free speech. And you know what? Yes, it is. Hate speech is free speech. Because otherwise, if, if, if not for controversial speech, if not for inflammatory speech, if not for speech that makes people angry and might inspire them to want to silence it, what point is the First Amendment? The First Amendment doesn't exist to care speech that's not provocative enough to inspire anybody to even want to censor it. Hate speech is exactly why the First Amendment exists. Speech that is, that is um, you know, unpopular, I mean, that's that's it. That's why the First Amendment exists. So, um, yes, hate speech is free speech. And and the other thing you hear when when you see these people out and they're doxing people or they're harassing people or they're trying to get them fired or whatever, the thing you're always saying is that, well, the First Amendment only restrains the government. It's not censorship if it's private people doing it. Now, I agree on the first point. Yeah, the First Amendment applies to the government. Although the second thing, no, it's still censorship. If you're intimidating people to silence them, it's censorship. If you're showing up at their event with bats because you're going to beat them up because of what they're going to say or you're going to disrupt their event or you're going to shout them down, it's censorship. If you're going to scare people because they're afraid they're going to lose their jobs, if they speak out, it's censorship. It just is. may not violate the First Amendment, but it's still Censorship. Mark emails, Rob, it's an old saying, but seriously, freedom of speech doesn't mean freedom from consequences. There are many times I'd like to go out and support more liberal groups than my ideals are fine with. Other times I'd like to go out and support Second Amendment supporters or other more conservative groups because they also align with my personal beliefs. More times than not, I cannot do either simply due to the possible repercussions and how it may impact my business or my employees. Now, you see, I I think that's always been a concern for Americans is – you know, if if you go out and, and, and you speak, you know, is that going to turn people against your business, right? If you're a prominent business person and then you take a position uh, in a controversial political campaign or on a controversial issue, is that going to make people not want to, like, shop in your grocery store anymore? You know, that's, that's always been a part of it. But here's the thing, because we can always organize boycotts and things like that. But the thing is, is the Internet has made it mo- possible to do that more effectively and more often than ever before. Right. So while in the past, we could have argued, well, yeah, okay, speech has consequences. If, if, if you speak out and then someone decides not to shop at your store, well, that's fine. Right. That stuff will work itself out. Right. We could just sort of let that stuff work itself out. But the thing is, is what if people, uh, you know, put your personal address out on the internet? Right. What if, what if people, you know, coordinate, uh, an attack on your ratings on Yelp or Facebook or something and destroy your business because everybody thinks that your business uh, does poorly or serves poor food or or gives poor service when really it's just a group of people who don't like your politics, right? I mean, the the Internet has taken that idea. And and listen, I'm not saying that I I don't know what to do about it is – I, I, I honestly I, you know I'm not saying that, that we ought to regulate this I'm not calling for legislation I don't know what we do about it other than just recognize that this impulse in ourselves to destroy people who are saying things we don't like to dox them to go after their business to try to get them fired which seems to be happening with more and more regularity I'm just saying maybe we ought to recognize this impulse in ourselves and decide collectively that it's wrong. 701 email talk at WDAY.com. Love to hear what you think. Uh, Karen has been waiting patiently. Karen, what's up?
2: Yeah, I was always wondering, that parking lot woman, did she have her job what, where she worked in her Facebook profile? How did people even know where uh, she worked?
0: I don't know. Maybe, maybe it was. you know A lot of people list their employers on their Facebook, social media. Also, Fargo-Moorhead's not that big a community. You know, maybe somebody just recognized her and knew her and knew where she worked. I don't know. But they figured it out.
2: Yeah, well, I think especially for a woman, it's a bad idea to put where you work into social media.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, uh, the thing is that ship has sailed. And and it may not even matter if you put it on social media. I mean, someone may just recognize you. Someone just may may just recognize you. I mean, that's what's happening to a lot of the people who went to the... And listen, I, I have a hard time feeling sorry. Thanks for the call, Karen. I have a hard time feeling sorry for, you know, Nazis and white nationalists or people are going to show up and, and, and wave swastikas around or wave Confederate flags around or whatever uh, and march in the name of, uh, you know, racial superiority or, or whatever message it is they're promoting. I mean, that's sort of hateful, bigoted thing. I have a hard time feeling sorry for them. But on the other hand, I don't know. I think we're seeing this more and more where, you know, people are sort of using – the power of the Internet to, to silence one another. And to me, it's, it's scary. Got another message here from Taj. Uh, says, Rob, as a young conservative attending a very left-leaning college in Detroit, Michigan, I've been told a number of times I should not tell people my leanings, and I tend to be somewhat vocal about those leanings. I was taken aback my first semester when a classmate told me, yeah, you probably shouldn't tell anyone you're a Republican. I also had a professor who tried to change and alter my wording in an essay concerning weaponized drones to fit her opinions more than my own. Uh, for being, uh, for, being to- for being told that the American dream was dead, then getting a scoff and an eye roll when I was the only one to raise my hand to disagree, I would love to believe free speech is alive and well, but it seems to be struggling because no one wants to discuss. They want to shut the other down. Um Boy, I, I, I think Taj Matil, I think he put his finger on it in that last one. We have lost the willingness to engage one another. We have lost the willingness to discuss. Uh, because even, I mean, in Charlottesville, I mean, yeah, you really were literally dealing with, with Nazis and, and people who have very, very ugly views about race. But even out here in, like, the mainstream debate, how often do we see people get called Nazis when they're not anything like Nazis, they're just someone someone disagrees with? Uh, you know, so I, I think he's right. It seems like a lot of people don't want to discuss anymore. They don't want to engage anymore. And I think that has implications for free speech, you know, especially when when that impulse, when it's, you know, I don't want to listen to you. I want to call you names. I want to attack you. Uh, I, I want to try to get you fired from your job. When that's the impulse, uh, you got to wonder, how, how could a free and open debate happen? Right? I, I remember it was some time ago, and I'm, I'm forgetting what country. It was some, some dictatorship or something like that, and they they had an election, uh, and they were bragging about maybe it was Saddam Hussein in Iraq. It was years and years ago, but they had an election, and uh, you know the dictator won with like over 90 percent of the vote, like over 95 percent, something ridiculous, some lopsided victory. And uh, you know I remember, you know the the official sort of propaganda from the regime was oh we had an open election and our guy won well yeah well the the presence of the ballot box is not in and of itself democracy right if you don't feel like the ballot box is secure if you don't feel like you could go there and vote your conscience without getting beat up without getting you know your business burned to the ground or something like that uh then it's not really democracy you know the, the simple act of casting a ballot is not the sum total of what democracy is. You've got to be able to do that and, and vote your conscience without with, without being intimidated. And I'm wondering if, if, if in this environment in America right now, you Americans feel secure speaking their minds without free being free of, of consequences from their fellow citizens, not even the government, but from their fellow citizens that's what scares me 888-970-9329, email talk at wday.com uh, Bob you're up what's going on
1: um yes yeah, just a minute ago you were talking about um, well, like Facebook and Twitter you know silencing people yeah and you know you know I know what to silence people is if you're having a, having a conversation with somebody and on the phone and all of a sudden they hang up on you and then they attack your um, intellect or call you racist, stupid, morons, and that's a daily thing on nine seventy. So, I mean, that's a that's a that's a form of silencing you were talking about, correct?
0: Yeah, I, I don't. I, I guess I don't. Uh, I haven't called well, anybody racist. I mean, a racist. On, in
1: the early morning shows, these people are constantly hanging up on people, and afterwards, okay. they can't just hang up. They have to call you an idiot, stupid, moron, bigot, um, racist. Yeah. Well, so I mean, that's, that's what you're talking about, though, isn't it?
0: It's. I mean, t- listen. It's. It's a. Fr- it's a fine line because, because here's. That I, seems I, like I, I. I think. I think what you're you bring Well, let me. It
1: seems like they're trying to silence you so you don't call back. Yeah. Well, here's. Here's but the some thing. Some of us with no intellect, we do call back. We don't care.
0: Yeah. Well. Well, you know, so. the the thing is, is I. You know, I and I can't speak. I. I. I'm not aware of those situations. I can't speak to what's going on on well, those I'm other just, shows. You know, but I'm let me. Okay. 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 Fair. fair enough. Thank I think. I think. I think what you bring up, though, because on the other side of the coin, I don't. I don't want. I want to be able to have a free and robust debate where people just feel free to, to speak about what's, what's on your mind. Um, so – and thanks for the call, Bob. But it's, it's – I don't want to silence anybody, right? But I also don't want to intimidate. So, so I don't know what people can do because I, I have a feeling that, like, you come out and you take a controversial stance on, I, I, I don't know, affirmative action policy, right? And you say something and it makes somebody else really mad. And so they go out and they find out where you work, and then they publish that and they encourage people to call your employer and get you fired. Well, maybe they consider what they just did First Amendment, you know, free speech too. I mean, I, what they're doing is not illegal, technically. So, I, you know, I I don't know. It's a tough thing. I don't know that I have a solution for it. Um, I don't I don't know that there's a law that you could pass or a regulation that you could put in place that's not going to just make it worse. So I don't know. I I mean, I I think, I I think what we've got to do is is just recognize collectively that just because somebody disagrees with you doesn't necessarily make them racist or fascist or an idiot or a moron. People could see the world differently without being stupid. And I, I don't know. I, I think, I think it's a solution that has to come from us. We'll wrap the show up. If you want to get your final thoughts in, 701-293-9000, 888 Email talk at WDAY.com. We'll be back right after this. Don't go away. Welcome back. Rob report on 970 WDAY AM 93.1 FM. 888-970-9329 701-293-9000 email talk at wday.com uh, let's see Greg's been waiting patiently go ahead Greg we've been talking about the First Amendment by the way can the First Amendment exist in the current environment where uh, it's, it's not so much the government intimidating it's, it's us it's people getting doxxed people getting harassed because of what they're saying publicly Greg go ahead
2: I just want to say thank you I've been rather disgusted with all this stuff I've been hearing on the radio, and I finally, you, I agree with. Um, Well, thanks, Greg. Yeah, it's just, I don't know, it bothers me. I think that's one of the reasons that this country was founded, and everybody needs to try and remember that. And more or less, everybody should just kind of go in with the attitude. It's kind of like arguing with a woman. You've got two options. You can yell until you're blue in the face, even though it won't change nothing, or you can just accept the fact that you're not going to get anywhere and walk away. And that's really what you got. I think, yeah, I
0: I, I think what you're touching on, and thanks for the call, Greg, I think what you're touching on is the idea that we – just have to recognize that there are some people that are just going to disagree with us. And that doesn't necessarily make them evil. That doesn't necessarily make them bigots. Now, in Charlottesville, yeah, we were really dealing with some Nazis and we were really dealing with some people with some really ugly worldviews. And that's okay to talk about. There's nothing necessarily wrong with talking about. I'm just not sure with all this stuff. I'm going to get you fired. I'm going to put your personal information out on the internet. We need to be careful with that because we are going to, we are going to create an environment where because of each other, not the government or any other oppressive body, but because of each other, we don't feel safe expressing points of view.
2: Scott, you're up next. Go ahead. Yeah, say you know the thing about the internet is when our country was founded, we were never able to contact each other so personally. The thing about the internet, it's a good thing. It it keeps people from wanting sure. to join sides and kill, kill, kill. It also is a bad thing because it can do that. And this business about what I do in my personal life will affect my job? What difference does that make? Okay, if I want to be John Travolta and date a million women, am I supposed to not then go out and be a salesman? Or if I'm going to do this and do that? As long as you're not doing something evil. That's the thing is the, the art of debate is gone. Well, that, no yeah, see, one that's, wants to debate anymore. That, that's you know? the problem. A, is, is there are and this is wrong and this is my opinion.
0: There, yeah, there are you people out there who up. think you
2: think yeah, there are people out there
0: who think you're evil because you disagree with me. Right. Or, yeah. or I'm evil because I disagree with you or, or whatever. I mean, there are people. It's, it's like, I can't just accept, you know what? I'm, I'm liberal and, and he's conservative and he's just got a different worldview and, and let's just talk it out and try to find compromise and try to find common ground. No, it can't be that anymore. It's your worldview is illegitimate. Your worldview is bigoted. Your worldview isn't even valid. So there's no point even engaging with you. Uh, and, and we should just, you know, Try, try to just you know eradicate you from the debate entirely. Like I that's... totally
2: agree with you. Think about it. Yeah. If you walk into a room and you know every single thing about this room, that's what changed Hollywood. We know their personal business now. In the 40s, 50s, 60s, and 70s, we didn't know all that. We had heroes. Now they're just people. Now yeah. everybody's just people. It's like, well, okay, well, people are people, man. Yeah, you, you know where you where your heroes come from is from yourself, your moral values, what you want. Okay, if what you want is to be a Nazi, well, that's not good. All right, America doesn't like Nazis. Right, and I don't. I don't want to say that, thank you. Know? Yeah, thanks, thanks,
0: thanks for the call, Scott. I, I don't want to be in a situation where we should be able to criticize one another. Right? I mean, we should be able to to, to criticize one another. I just don't like how personal it's gotten to the point where it's the impulse in some ways is I'm not just going to disagree with you I'm going to try to destroy your life that to me is is a scary scary thing Natil what do you think you got any thoughts on this
1: I agree with a lot of uh, what you're saying it's you know there there are consequences to to free speech and I think that's maybe what yeah. I,
0: and I don't want to do away with consequences well, either.
1: Exactly, and the the consequences that we're that we're seeing for some of the displays of speech recently are maybe a little bit overblown in comparison to what the speech actually was. I, I mean, it's, people it's, lose it's, like people lose their temper, and if someone loses their temper once and then loses their job, I'm it's not. It's almost sure.
0: like the Cold War, right? Like it's almost like the Cold. We're, we're going to get to a situation where. It's like mutually assured destruction. I'm afraid to speak. You're afraid to speak. Everybody's afraid to speak or at least speak honestly or provocatively or or, or truthfully because of the consequences. You know, that's consequences are great, but there gets a point where, holy cow, you know— The result could be silence, and I don't think we want that either. Jay Thomas Show coming up straight ahead. You can always catch me here 1 to 2 p.m. Monday through Friday. The Rob Report on 970 WDAY AM and 93.1 FM, 24 hours a day, seven days a week at sayanythingblog.com. Thanks for listening. We'll talk again. All right,